Hey everybody, welcome back to Be Well with Dr. Stockwell. This is your host, Diana Klein. I have the honor and privilege of being the CEO of Dr. Stockwell's and I am here this evening with two absolutely incredible individuals. This evening we have Mrs. Nevada, United States of America, Amanda Klein with us today. And that's 2020, soon to be. Uh, come February, she will be competing for the title of Mrs. United States of America. And I have no doubt that she will rock it. So I have her with us today. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you. Fingers crossed. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I also have uh, Amanda's physician and incredible doctor, Dr. Carrie Bedient of the Fertility Center of Las Vegas. She is one of our nation's leading infertility specialists. We just so happen to be fortunate enough here in Las Vegas to have her in our midst. And so both of these ladies will be joining me today. Thank you, Carrie. Dr. Bedian. So nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I uh, want to give everybody, all of our listeners, a little bit of background about these two ladies, because I know they're both modest and they won't tell you all of their accolades themselves. So I'm going to brag on that. I'm going to start with Dr. Carrie Bedient. She is with the Fertility Center of Las Vegas, and she is Southern Nevada's only female board certified reproductive endocrinologist. She is also dual board certified in both obstetrics and gynecology, as well as reproductive endocrinology and infertility with advanced training in minimally invasive robotic and laparoscopic surgery. Dr. Bedian's academic endeavors in the field of obstetrics and gynecology include studies at some of the U.S.'s most prestigious universities and medical facilities, including the University of Arizona, Emory University, and the Cleveland Clinic Foundation Metro Health Medical Center. It seems like the Cleveland Clinic is always like A plus number one, top of the top, every single time. So Cleveland Clinic Foundation Metro Health Medical Center, amazing location. There are several accolades to Dr. Carrie Bedian as well. She, her accolades include top docs in Las Vegas 2018, 2019, and I'm pretty sure it'll probably be 2022. She's got my, she's got my vote. Recent research award at the Pacific Coast Reproductive Society. She is an LGBT ally. And she received an award for her LGBT ally from the Toro Medical School. Pretty amazing. Also, she was invited to join the Gold Humanitarian Honor Society for exhibiting empathy, compassion, respect, altruism, and integrity in medicine. On top of all that, Dr. Bedient teaches at all medical doctor programs in the city, including the University of Nevada School of Medicine, Las Vegas Minimally Invasive Surgery, and Women's Pelvic Health Center. I believe that includes machines such as the Da Vinci machine. I can't wait to possibly hear a little more about that amazing device during our podcast today. Additionally, she also serves the Las Vegas community as the Director of Reproductive Endocrinology and Infertility at the Mountain View Obstetrics and Gynecology Residency Program. Dr. Bedient's published papers and book chapters discuss frozen versus fresh embryo transfers, the use of robotics in reproductive surgery, adolescent fertility preservation, and a comparison of robotic and laparoscopic myomectomy. Did I get that? That's a big word. Did I get that? You got all the okay. words correct. Yes. Okay. So awesome. Okay, good. So in her spare time, she does indeed sleep. She also gives back to the community advocating for women's health initiatives. She also enjoys traveling, baking, crafting, and spending time with her husband and two young children and taking walks with her dog, Gigi. 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 Oh, all Gigi, those big yes. words. And I messed. Oh, Gigi. Okay. <laughs> Shucks, I got to work on the dog names. Oh. The four letters of Gigi. That, that's, 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 it is. Purple. 
It is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Welcome, Dr. Bedia, once again. Thank you. So now I want to brag on our Mrs. Nevada, United States of America, Amanda Klein. <laughs> so Amanda and I actually have a mutual connection. We both got our MBAs at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Additionally, she is a graduate of the University of Nevada, Reno. So she has both allegiances in her blood. I do. So, yes. I, I always win the game. You do. No matter you do. basketball, football, I always win. I love it. I love it. Yes. Yes. Oh, native Nevadan. She also attended Bonanza High School in Las Vegas and has desert sand running through her veins from the very beginning. So there are a few people more proud of the state than Amanda, and I'm so glad to call her my friend. But now I'm getting sappy. I'll get back to your accolades and your awards. So back to her honors, awards, and achievements. Amanda is the director of marketing, individual, and family of Anthem Incorporated. She is the co-chair and regional board member of the American Cancer Society. She is an advocate for Resolve National Infertility Association. She is a member city of Las Vegas 2050 Master Plan Citizens Advisory Committee. That's huge. And fun. Yeah. It's fun to, to think about where we're going to be yes. 30 years from now as a city. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. It's amazing. Um, additionally, she was the recipient of the award, Vegas Inc.'s award for 40 under 40. Most amazing people, 40 under 40. I know. See, she doesn't tell people this stuff. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Can you just remind me with the resume? Of Next course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Let's sample judge's bio. No problem. Yes, there you go. <laughs> so we're gonna. I'll discuss Amanda's platform just ever so briefly, and then Amanda, I'll let you get into that. But sure. uh, Amanda's platform for her pageant and also for her her life is called Smart Barbie, and it's dedicated to the advancement of women in our society in all aspects. Um, additionally, and to her plat, in addition to her platform and all of her work with Anthem and volunteer work, uh, Amanda has some really amazing career ambitions. Um, they sound a little bit maybe like mine, perhaps someday. Um, but uh, Amanda hopes to be one of our future congresswomen, which I absolutely have no doubt that that will happen. Um, but she is an aspiring uh, community servant, uh, elected community servant, and uh, I find that awesome. She's currently considering a board position with the Clark County School District, which would be amazing. And as far as a long-term career ambition, she would love to be the career marketing officer for a Fortune 500 company, which... I totally see that happening too. So, um, and I love this. Her favorite quote is, if you are successful, it is because somewhere, sometimes someone gave you a life or an idea that started you in the right direction. Remember also that you are indebted to life until you help some less fortunate person just as you were helped. So true. That is by Melinda Gates. Yep. Wonderful woman. Absolutely. And that's exactly what you embody, Amanda, and that's what you're doing. So oh, thank you. Once again, thank you for being here. So um, a little addition, if you're new to Be Well with Dr. Stockwell's welcome, um, but if you're one of our followers, have listened to our four previous podcasts, you'll know that we're all about women's health. Um, yes, Dr. Stockwell's is a brand, and yes, there is a vitamin attached to that brand, but more, more than the business end, we are into also helping women make great choices for their health care and informing women about different aspects of our health. Because before I met my uh, met Dr. Erica Stockwell, I had really no idea about my own um, pelvic region, shall we say. And so he, I'm honored to have another um, specialist here that we can, whose brain that we can pick and she can offer us some great information to our listeners to help all of us live better lives. So 
But thank you again, ladies. And those were the intros, and we'll just get right to it. And Dr. Bedia, tell tell me a little bit about how you got into medicine, first of all, and then how you determined that you wanted to specialize in women's health specifically. So I originally got into medicine when I was, I got interested in it when I was about 16 years old. And I had a boyfriend at the time whose father was a neurosurgeon. And I thought the, that was the coolest thing ever. So I got to shadow him in the, the operating room and see some procedures and then uh, went to college with the intent of going to medical school afterwards. I was an EMT on the college campus response team at Washington University in St. Louis and then got to medical school and when I originally went to medical school by that point I had changed into thinking okay I want to do pediatric infectious disease because I want to do all of the the really crazy things like Ebola and crazy parasites and all that all of the gross stuff really is what it <laughs> um, and then I once I got into my pediatric rotations I realized that sick kids are heartbreaking and parents of sick kids um, are just in one of the worst places in their lives. And so when I did my obstetrics and gynecology rotation, I just fell in love with it because the patients for the most part are healthy. They're in a wonderful position in their lives and you get to be with these patients for years upon years because they come to you as teenagers trying not to get pregnant. And then as they get into their twenties and thirties, they are trying to get pregnant. And then you go with them through menopause, through just really their entire life. And, and so I thought that was wonderful. And I loved the operating room and I loved delivering babies and got into residency. And as I got further and further, I'm like, okay, they cover too much. I need to know everything about something. And so I have the utmost respect for generalists because they know, they know information about a very wide variety of, of topics. But what I really wanted to do was to dive very deep into one of them. And reproductive and endocrino- reproductive endocrinology and infertility is a field where you deal both with the clinical, uh, talking with patients every day, often in very sensitive times in their lives. You have to translate a lot of very technical information into something that they can understand and grasp. Because this is, like most parts of medicine, you really have to be engaged in your own medical care. And the more that you know about it and the more you can really understand, okay, this is why my doc is telling me to take this medication, the more likely you are to actually figure out, okay, if I put this in a pill box every day and if I put an alarm on my phone, I'm actually going to take it because this is truly important. So I spend a lot of time with my patients explaining what we're doing, why we're doing, how we're going to get to the ultimate goal. And the other part of reproductive endocrinology and infertility, and from here after, I'll, I'll call it REI, because it's less of a mouthful. Gotcha. Um, not to be confused with any other sporting goods for um, Nice. But what REIs really do is they bridge that very clinical world with a very technical world, because behind our laboratory doors, we have embryologists. We're constantly working with single, single cells to turn them into two cells to turn them into eight to turn them into a couple of hundred to turn them into a human being and so it is a huge range of technology of science of basic science so where it's it's the cutting edge because what we used to do 20 years ago is dramatically different from what we are doing today Mm -hmm. and the success rates are phenomenally different and so for the majority of patients who are coming in some way or other may not be the way that they originally intended but somewhere or other we can help them have a baby and help them build their family. And 
that is is just the best thing. I mean, I've had three baby visits this week. I had a two-week-old. I had a seven-month-old. Um, the two-week-old was a local baby. The seven-month-old was coming from Tahiti. And then oh I gosh. had a, let's see, she was three weeks old. A baby come visit me today. And her parents are in Spain and they actually just, they're a gestational carrier just delivered. Wow. And so I, I have gotten so many baby cuddles this week and you cannot make sense that. Mm-hmm. I mean, no. the two, the two biggest points that keep me coming back every day are number one, the baby cuddles. <laughs> and number two, yes. the first time a, a new parent hears the heartbeat because these are not just people who are kind of idly excited, excited about, Oh, we, you know, we got pregnant, we tried the first couple times and, and it worked. These are people who they worked really hard to get there. And so yeah. hearing that first heartbeat is just phenomenal. And so that's what keeps me coming back day in and day out, despite the tears, despite the heartbreak, despite long hours, it is worth it all the time. That's amazing. That's amazing. So you, and I just, I know offline before we started, we, you guys, we were speaking about how Amanda, you had graduated from Dr. Bediet and now you're going to, so at what point do people come to you, Dr. Bediet, and then at what point do they leave you and you refer them on to the next step? So they come to me at a variety of points. Some of them have already been diagnosed with infertility and they know exactly what's going on because their general OBGYN has already been able to tell them Oh, you have blocked tubes, or your partner doesn't have any sperm, or not very much, or it's not moving, or you're not ovulating, or they kind of have an idea. Some of them have already tried some of the really basic fertility treatments with their general doctors. Some of them come directly to me because they find me over the internet, or they've been doing reading, and they realize, hey, it's been a year and a half. Like, this should have happened by now. Um, And so they come directly to my office. So people come at a wide variety of stages. And once they get there, we do a thorough evaluation. You know, we want to check out the uterus, the tubes, the ovaries, the sperm, make sure that everything is, is part and parcel working, or if it's not what it is, make sure that their general health is good. And then from there, we progress with treatment. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, amazing. Well, thank you. Well, we'll, we'll come back to you for sure. But Amanda, I would like to move on to you. And just to, to reiterate, I think I mentioned it briefly earlier, but a Dr. Bedient is Amanda's physician. Yes. Um, so that is one of the main reasons why I have you guys both here. She's she's um, Wonder Woman. Yes. She's my superhero. Yeah. Because she can put up with me. So. Oh my goodness. You are not hard to put up with <laughs> at <laughs> all. At all. She has some really thorough questions. Oh, no, really good. no doubt. The thoughtfulness. No. No doubt is, is impressive, and the fact that she is always delightfully pleasant and polite is huge and <laughs> phenomenal. Oh, I bet. I would do anything for this woman. Oh, oh my gosh! You. But yeah, awesome. I do kind of come in like a journalist, like an investigative reporter. How many notebooks have you had by now? Oh gosh, it's I, I go through them almost daily. I believe that. Like, yeah, you know, like a, nor- like a normal like white pad of paper. I could go through one if I'm super busy. I bet on, on the daily. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Oh, gosh. Well, Amanda, if you don't mind, could you share with us your story? And how did you get to know Dr. Bedient? And how did you find her? And all that stuff. I know that's a straight with your, I know your journey. And that's a big question. And we could talk forever. But please feel free to talk forever. Tell us about, (laughs) tell us about how, tell us about your journey. Tell us where you, where you were when you came to Dr. Bedient, where you are now. Sure. And where you're going. Sure. So um, my husband's name is Mark. Ah, good. (laughs) (laughs) We were all married to Mark, so my husband's name is Mark too. (laughs) And um, 
Mark and I were friends for a million years before we started dating. We're engaged within 10 months of when we started dating. And we thought when we got married in 2015 that we were just going to like put it out there to the universe that we wanted to have a family and it was just going to magically happen, right? Like that's the stork comes down scenario, right? Um, but we were immediately hit with the reality, the harsh reality that one in eight couples faces today. Um, that, you know, sometimes it just doesn't happen that easily. Um, and sometimes there's something that needs uh, further investigation. So um, we didn't know that right away. Um, I got pregnant immediately, but then I miscarried. And the first one in 2016, right after I miscarried the first time, um, I found out a coworker was competing in the, um, pageant world in the Mrs. Pageant world. (laughs) And I had, I had gained some weight from the pregnancy and I was not really feeling like myself. And so when I found out, I ran over to her and I said, I know this is your personal life and not professional, but I need this in my life. Like, tell me all the things I need to talk to the director and I need to be on that stage as soon as possible. So that's when I, I um, initially started getting into pageantry, Mrs. Pageantry, especially. Um, So I competed that first year and then we tried again the next year um, to to have a child. And again, I got pregnant immediately and I uh, miscarried around 10 weeks. And the second miscarriage was actually the hardest because um, that afternoon, uh, Mark and I were having lunch and I said, Mark, something's wrong. Something is, Mm -hmm. something's wrong. And he took me to Summerlin Hospital and I was starting to miscarry. And that day was October 1st, 2017. So it was the day of the shooting in Las Vegas, the mass shooting in Las Vegas. And, you know, having worked in the hospital systems in Las Vegas and having known clinicians all over the city um, and also having a lot of friends who were there at the um, at the concert and not being able to do anything because I was going through my own personal trauma was horrible yeah (laughs) horrible and um, so that was the hardest part and then after the second miscarriage we said okay the first time it's one in four the second time something's going on And so we initially did start working with other specialists in town. Um, One specialist did recommend that we try it again naturally before um, starting IVF or any other further treatment. Uh, Same thing happened. We got pregnant right away and then we miscarried about 10 weeks. And so that was really hard because it was like, I really wish I didn't have to go through that last trauma. Yeah. Um, so, um, yep. by my just crazy type A personality and <laughs> the wonderful, uh, Dr. Nicole Moss, um, said, you know what, you need to go talk to Dr. Vivian at uh, fertility center of Las Vegas. I said, okay, okay, I'm going to do that. So, um, I met with Dr. Vivian. We did all of the diagnostic testing, um, surgeries and certain kinds of procedures. And, um, we determined that I have a bicornuate uterus. Um, that's also referred to as a heart-shaped uterus, uh, which sounds so lovely, but it's Gross. not. Um, and it's so extreme that one side is basically completely collapsed. Oh, wow. So uh, women with a bicornuate uterus can get pregnant and have healthy pregnancies all the time. But for me, my, my birth defect, my condition is so extreme that it would be unlikely and unsafe, most likely, for me to carry to term. Oh, wow. So that's when we kind of said, okay, we need to Mm -hmm. hire a surrogate. We need to, um, we need to do IVF, um, to get my, uh, my eggs, my husband's sperm and create embryos. 
um, and then we're going to put our bun in someone else's oven. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So, um, so we did that. We did two rounds of IVF and, um, you know, IVF is hard. It's very hard, but it's also very worth it. And, you know, there were moments where I said, I can't do this anymore. And, you know, Dr. Bedient just had my back the entire time was my biggest cheerleader and I couldn't have done it without her. Um, and she also, so we, we ended up having four embryos, three, three girls and a boy, oh. which is perfect. Yes. And, um, <laughs> Mark I know well, <laughs> he knew what he was getting himself into. Um, and, uh, and, and Dr. Bedient referred me to three different surrogacy agencies. Um, I met with all three of them and just absolutely fell in love with us surrogacy who I'm, I'm with now. So oh, cool. Yeah. And you're with them now. And how far along are you with them? So this morning we graduated. And what that means is that my, my surrogate is 10 weeks pregnant and will go from the specialist office to now a traditional obstetrician's office. So, oh, that's so great. The diciest part. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully clear sailing from here. Yeah. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic because of everything we've been through. You know, I've never had a good experience in the ultrasound room. And so every you know we'd have our appointments on Thursdays every other Thursday and so on Wednesday I've just been a nervous wreck but that's there's no reason behind that she's phenomenal she's in great health sure embryo is in great health it was just my personal experiences sure absolutely yeah absolutely oh wow can you tell us a little bit about like how you picked that how you picked your surrogate like the process behind that you said you fell in love with us surrogacy yeah so you interviewed three you found one you liked them and then what what's the next step what so, was the next step after that? so mark and i liken it to online dating like <laughs> extreme, <laughs> version. extreme online extreme dating version. Like, do you like me i like you um you know we got super super lucky because our surrogate is here in Las Vegas. Oh, that's great. Yay. I know. So yeah. she doesn't, we don't have to bear the, the burden of the cost of travel. Um, you know, because we are, you know, business women and I'm, I am a very type A personality when it comes to finances. I was definitely afraid that I wasn't going to be able to afford surrogacy as well. Um, So we found a local surrogate who fit within our budget and, you know, meeting her, we did a video conference or a video chat um, before we met in person. And she was just she's just wonderful. Like, okay. So I won't cry yet about my baby. I will cry about my surrogate. Like oh. <laughs> she's like a godsend and she's, she's a rock star and she's super smart and she's going to change the world. And yeah. Oh, that is so cool. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's amazing. That's awesome. Because I've heard, and, and perhaps this might be an old wives tale and it, I'm sure it probably maybe is. I don't know, Dr. B, maybe you can shed some light, but I, I have heard that some oftentimes um, a dear friend of mine back in the day, his sister-in-law carried his wife, he and his wife's was, was their surrogate. Yeah. And he swore that there was some, not DNA per se, of course, but just mm-hmm. characteristics of both in his child. And of course it could be familial related, but yeah. it, it's, it would make me feel better knowing that my, if I had to have a surrogate, that my surrogate was a rock star too. Oh, like absolutely. that would be good yeah, peace of mind. There's, there is an influence on how the genetic code is expressed by the woman who's carrying the pregnancy. Oh, wow. And what we have found is the vast majority of, of surrogates, there is a special level of kindness and generosity and 
just general goodwill in their spirit. Because while many of us can carry pregnancies, most of us are not so generous, even when paid, to do it for another couple, much less another couple that we don't know closely. And so when you see these surrogates come through, they have to jump through huge hoops to make it through not only someone who's as type A as Amanda, make it through her screening, but they got to make it through my screening too. Okay. So there are huge hoops that they've got to jump through and to have the willingness and dedication and intelligence to get through it is huge. Yeah. So you mentioned that when they come to you and, and fit through your screen as well. So is that was that an official part of the selection process, or was that preferred by you guys to have her come in? Like, how, oh, it's part of it's part process. of it. It's okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. For any any place that has been doing this, you have to go through the screening, and and it's pretty comprehensive. We request all of her medical records. Um, one of the docs in our office goes through them. She comes to our office, and we do a full history, a physical, a special sono hist, which is an ultrasound where. They put water inside the uterus, and then I actually look and make sure there's nothing, no current occupants of the uterus, like a polyp or a fibroid or anything like that. Wow, sure. Um, eight, nine vials of blood. It's really, they go through a psychological screening. It's it's pretty thorough. And they've got another layer from what the agency does as well, because they're going through, does she have a reasonable credit check? Does she have a criminal record? Does anyone in her house have a criminal record? I mean, it's, it's very thorough before we'll let somebody have the privilege of carrying someone else's baby because it is a privilege to, to do that. I mean, you're, you're being trusted with the most precious group of 300 cells in someone's life. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Jeez. I didn't, I had no idea it was that involved. Makes perfect sense that it is. And it should be. That's incredible. Well, I've had a lot of people, I've had a lot of people ask like, because they know I'm crazy and they're like, (laughs) So like, are you, are you like parked outside of her house? Like, are you telling her oh, what geez. to eat? Like, are you telling her to eat organic and blah, blah, blah? I'm like, no, I'm not going to tell another woman what to do with her body. That would be like, if someone told me what to do with mine, I'd be like, yeah. I think you're funny. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And I have full confidence because I have such an amazing team. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's so exciting. Okay. So you're 10 weeks, 10 weeks. today. Yeah. So due date is August 5th. Oh my gosh. I know. I know. That's so cool. Oh, I think you're so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, well, neat, neat. So I noticed too, Amanda and you and I have talked about this and I remember when you went to DC last year, yes. what a cool experience. Okay. So you went to DC, you went down the halls of Congress. I think you met with uh, representative Susie Lee yes. from congressional district four here in yes. Nevada. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about um, the lobbying that you have done and if someone wanted to get involved with Resolve, which I, I understand the lobbying is through Resolve. Right. Is that correct? Okay. Right. So how would um, they get involved? Resolve is the National Infertility Association. So they lobby both at the state and the federal level, but they have an annual event. It's their advocacy day. And it's usually um, the third week in May in Washington, D.C. And they have um, delegates from all over the country fly in to meet with their state representatives. Um, or their, their, their state representatives in the Senate and the House. And um, in a state like California, they would have 20, 30 delegates, so they couldn't yeah. even all sit in a room together. Whereas in Nevada, Mark and I were the only people from our state. Oh, wow. So, wow. I mean, I had 30 minutes with um, Congresswoman Lee, and I met with Cortez Masso's office, and I met with Jackie Rosen's office, and 
they were also wonderful. And they actually ended up um, co-sponsoring all, they all co-sponsored one of my bills. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. Or they, they co- one co-sponsored in the Senate and, and then Susie Lee co-sponsored in the House. And um, it was about um, uh, equality for adoption. So, um, you know, we're, we're making big moves at the federal level. Um, I am also uh, providing testimony next week to the Nevada State Legislature's Committee on Health um, about the adoption of a bill at the state level, uh, which can be very challenging with the Affordable Care Act. Um, it, it doesn't, infertility doesn't fall within the essential health benefit, not to get too technical. Um, but, you know, there are certainly things that we can do, even just starting a conversation to say, you know, there's 60,000 women in the state of Nevada at this very moment who are either struggling to get pregnant or carry a pregnancy to live birth. And Gosh. that's staggering for a state mm-hmm. our size. Yes. So, yes. Um, you know, something needs to change. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Amazing. And just to, to reiterate, it was resolved. Resolve. Resolve. So okay. you can go to resolve.org to learn more both at the state and the federal level. Okay. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Awesome. We are almost to the close of our time, ladies. So as far as parting thoughts, Ed, Amanda, your journey mm-hmm. has been incredible. And I love your your mark to death. Of course, I love mine. <laughs> I love uh, but but I, I, I love your mark to death. And I mean, tell me... Can you tell me a little bit about your mark and how how important he is to you and what he means to you and how he's been by your side this whole time? Tell us about your your dude, your fella, just a little. I got yes. super lucky. Yes. I got super lucky. I have to tell you, I've heard so many real talk. I've heard so many horror stories about women who have said to me, you know, my ex and I went through infertility and that's why we're divorced. Oh. It started all of these relationship challenges. And, you know. It is so easy, especially as women, where we put so much um, pressure on ourselves to be perfect all the time. Um, it's so easy to say, I'm damaged. I'm broken. You know, why did my husband even marry me? Because I can't do the one thing that we thought we were going to be able to do as a couple. And first of all, my number one message to anyone who's going through infertility is you're not broken. You're perfect exactly the way that you are. And you will find your path to parenthood the way that you are meant to, um, you know, however that shapes up. But Mark has been my biggest supporter since day one. Um, I remember there was a point during IVF and he looked at me and he was like, I can't watch you do this anymore. Like, I just, I can't. And I said to him, I said, I, I appreciated that more than anything in the world because it showed me how much he loved me and how much he cared about me. But at the same time, I was like, it gave me the strength to say, no, I got this. I can do it. You know? Oh, yes. And my husband, my family, um, they have been such a huge support system for me and um, I couldn't do this without them. Yeah. So, Oh, you oh, got me. I don't know. I'm going to get gotten too. No, no, no. Okay. So we're, so for those of you guys who are not watching the video, we're, we're sitting here, we're tearing up and, and yeah. So I'll move on to, I'll finish with a happy yep. question. Um, you're sitting here in your gorgeous, your gorgeous crown, which is why I keep fidgeting because a crown and these headphones, <laughs> and these headphones I know, I I'm know. like a bobblehead right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing great. It Thank looks you. magnificent. You. So you're sitting here with this beautiful crown and this amazing sash. And you told us a little bit about how you got into pageantry and you're, you're a missus and I'm a missus. Yes. We're all missus, 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 missus. Yes. There we go. Um, and I know before I met you, I didn't even know that a missus division 
existed. Yeah. I knew Miss America, Miss Universe, but that was for for the the ladies who have a few less years of wisdom under their belts than perhaps we do. Let's put it that way. <laughs> there we go. Um, but tell us a little bit about pageantry and what would you? Let's say that one of our listeners is one of a fellow misses mm-hmm. who finds this intriguing. How would she get involved in pageantry? What's the first step? And what advice would you give? I would say um, reach out to a state director. You can just Google around Mrs. Fill in the blank, whatever state you know you live in, Mrs. Nevada. Um, my system is the United States of America pageant, USOA, Mrs. Nevada. Um, and we are recruiting right now. We are certainly looking for people who are interested in 2021. Um, but you know what? I think the biggest advice I would have is just if it scares you, that means you should do it. Absolutely. Because it gets you outside of your comfort zone. I believe more so than anything, pageantry has changed the trajectory of my life and has given me the confidence to do things like potentially run for public office one day and be a a servant of the community Um, because I've just learned so much about who I am as a person. I've developed this confidence within myself to say I I can take on just about anything. And I love being an advocate for other people who don't have a voice. Yes. Especially women. Awesome. Oh, thank you, Amanda. Thank you. Dr. Media, let's say that some of our listeners are in the situation that Amanda and Mark were in. Um, they're, They're looking for answers and if they so happen to be fortunate enough to live here in Las Vegas, because we all love Las Vegas, how, or even if they don't, if they, even if they want to come in and find you, how would they go about making an appointment with you, going through the referral process? What would you, what advice would you give to folks in Amanda and Mark's position to, to get the proper care? First thing is just to start by coming in. And that's, it sounds very simple, but it's a huge step. We, we have a great website. It's set up. You can request appointments there. It's got our phone number. And in the Fertility Center of Las Vegas, you can come to our website. We've got an online form where people fill out, okay, this is what I'm doing and this is what I'm looking for. And we have patients who are spread all over the world. We mentioned earlier, I have intended parents from Spain. I also have Australia, quite a few from France, small islands around the world, quite a few from China. I mean, really, truly it's 35 countries as a current tally, as well as all over the United States. And um, the first step is to make the appointment. And once we have that appointment, we just start doing little by little. And the old joke is, how do you eat an elephant? Well, the answer is one one bite at a time. And so you just go little by little. And part of my job is to give you the information that you need. The other part of my job, which is more informal, is to do, is to give the pep talks. And... You know, I remember looking at Amanda and hearing, hearing Mark having said, I can't watch you go through this, and looking at her going, we're not done yet. Mm-hmm. I, I know yeah. when I can look at a cycle and go, okay, it's time to, to cut ties and to move on and to do something different. But yeah. also we know when you just need to keep pushing and you will get there. And so yeah. a lot of it is just make the phone call, come in, sit down, and we'll just start going through things. And I really don't care how many times I have to explain things to people because I want them to understand. Yeah. And and really you just you gotta you gotta sit down with me, whether that's by phone, by Skype, or in my office, and, and we'll just start working through things. Um, I got a huge compliment from one of my patients today who said, 
you get the best hugs. When I went through a oh, that was that's awesome. your your hugs oh. just get me through. I look forward to your hugs every time I come into the office. That should be the first bullet point of your bio is <laughs> I give great amazing hugs. Amazing hugger. I give great hugs. Yes. <laughs> oh, you need a t-shirt. That's awesome. <laughs> Always. Oh, so, amazing. That's great. There, it's part clinician, it's part scientist, it's part cheerleader. Yeah. And so, but if I don't see you, I don't know how to help you. And so a lot of it is just calling. And I have a lot of people who come and see me and they sit in my little white chairs and my staff jokes that, that my, my chairs are bad for business because people go home and then they get pregnant and they call us back with spontaneous pregnancy tests. Um, oh, geez. No, not in my chairs at that time. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Excellent. Wow. In Las Vegas, but it's not that kind of awful. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's awesome. We'll sit down, we'll talk, and if you don't need me, that's wonderful. I'm not offended by people who do it on their on their own and get pregnant on their own. <laughs> right, but right. most of the people who come in the office really need a little bit of a boost. Yeah. Awesome. Dr. Carrie Bedian, Mrs. Nevada, United States of America. Amanda Klein, you guys, thank you thank so you. much for being here. It's been an absolute pleasure for me to just sit here and absorb all of this good and all of this fantastic energy. So thank you guys. Stay tuned. There's more to come. And thanks again for subscribing. Have a great day, everyone.